Welcome to Business Lines State of the Economy podcast where you'll find insight, analysis and the story behind the numbers. Hello and welcome to a new episode of the Business Lines State of the Economy podcast. Today we have with us Ikara's co-group head for corporate ratings Mr. Prashant Vashisht. Prashant is a senior vice president and also the co-group head for corporate ratings at Ikara. and he has been associated with a notings rated agency for more than 14 years now a chemical engineer from punjab university prashant went on to pursue his mba from iim kolkata before working with ikra he was associated with engineers india limited and uop india private limited which is a honeywell company prashant is not just a member of the ratings committee but he and his team also handle rating assignments for sectors such as oil and gas fertilizers petrochemicals and chemicals he is also responsible for quarterly industry research reports for these sectors today we want to explore how india's natural gas story is progressing particularly after introduction of the kirit parikh formula which was on fair pricing of natural gas produced in the country now if you see in the last two financial years the russia ukraine war has come as a black swan event which has not just impacted global markets but has also sent spot prices of liquefied natural gas soaring to a peak of almost 54 dollars per million british thermal units in august last year besides this in line with the higher international prices the prices of gas produced from legacy fields which is done by ongc and oil also went up these prices hit 8.6 dollars per mbtu in the last six month period which was october 2022 to march 2023 post this the kirit formula came into effect now this scenario of very high natural gas prices led to a demand destruction in the sector with various industries looking for cheaper alternatives with prashant's help we want to break down all these events what does and you and discuss what does it mean for the industrial sector what does it mean for automobiles we have lot of cng vehicles also what does it mean for the city gas distribution the government is very ambitious about expanding the city gas distribution so all these happenings in the international market what does they mean for india prashant uh, what are your thoughts on the current scenario about the natural gas sector with respect to india and on production and consumption how is india placed in terms of securing long term and spot gas contracts to meet its domestic demand So thanks for having me. Uh, see, I expect domestic production to increase from about ninety-four mmsc MD, which is a million standard cubic meters per day in FI twenty-three. So from that to about hundred mmsc MD in FI twenty-four, and further to hundred and seven mmsc MD by uh, you know in FI twenty-five. These are the average uh, you know domestic production uh, rates I'm uh, putting out. uh so the domestic gas production is expected to increase uh, primarily uh, owing to the ramp up of rl uh, bg kg basin fields 
and subsequently ONGC's uh, KG Basin Field from May 2024. On the consumption side, uh, see the uh, domestic consumption is expected to increase by about 6 to 7 percent in FI 2024 to about 172 mmscmd and subsequently to about 179 or 180 mmscmd in fi25 so coming to the sourcing part uh, see india is scouting for long term contracts you know gale is planning to source long term natural gas supplies to the tune of 7 to 8 million uh, tons per annum uh, from uh, various sources in a staggered manner by 2030 uh, and uh, besides this other players are also looking for long term gas so see, as India is a very large consumer, it is well-placed in terms of its bargaining power with international suppliers. However, the market always vacillates. Sometimes it's a seller market, seller's market, uh, you know, think about CY 2022, uh, when, you know, prices were, gas were very, very high. Uh, to a buyer's market, uh, you know, in CY 2020, you know, just after the COVID pandemic, uh, 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 you know, when, uh, you know, uh, spot prices had come down to as low as uh, $3 per MMBTU. So, uh, as India remains a very price-sensitive market, uh, Indian companies would be looking for gas accordingly. Okay. So, uh, one, one supplementary question which I wanted to ask you. Um, we've seen in the last three, four years, if you look at government's thrust, the government has been very serious about, you know, uh, promoting the gas-based economy. And they have had found success to some level, but prices have sort of skewed the calculations to some extent. So, has is this still things still persisting where gas prices are still higher for uh, the industrial segments? How is that scenario right now? Uh, something which we saw last year, where you know very high spot gas prices, which led to demand destruction. Right. So see, uh, the industrial segment and the commercial segment uh, have uh, were always catered to by. Uh, were, I mean, for many years now, have been catered to by uh, the uh, since 2014 by liquefied LNG imports. Uh, now, uh, what happens is that uh, last year what happened, and this began much before the, uh, you know, the war started also in uh, February, uh, or the conflict started, uh, even in August 2021, uh, prices of gas in the international markets had uh, begun their, uh, you know, steep increase or had, had started rising. That is because of a number of factors. You know, the, uh, this was because of, uh, you know, uh, the intermittency or the low generation of renewable power, uh, low storage levels, massive switch from coal to gas by China, etc. and so on and so forth. There are many, many reasons for that. There was this demand destruction post the war, the, uh, you know, the, uh, the prices again, uh, uh, prices skyrocketed. This, this led to some demand destruction in the Indian industrial sector. However, uh, by the end of CY 2022, we saw that Europe had recovered, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, some uh, some of its standing or bearing uh, in uh, with respect to the gas sector, uh, gas, uh, and it was also helped by uh, two factors. One, uh, there was a secular demand destruction. Almost all sectors, uh, including household, including you know industrial, simply because of the high prices in Europe. And secondly, the winters were warm in uh, last winters in Europe. So uh, since then, and uh, you know, there was massive imports from US, which led to you know uh, uh, storage levels being comfortable, which led to some cooling off of the uh, LNG uh, prices globally. So uh, currently, uh, today, as of today, LNG prices are about fourteen dollars per MMBTU. Uh, so uh, the in these levels, India has been importing for a long time in the past also. 
and uh, we should not see any demand destruction at these levels. Uh, there should be some recovery only now. Uh, you know, the second question, which I thought would be something which is closely related with our uh, import requirements. Uh, India imports almost half of its empire, uh, gas requirements as LNG. Now, recently, uh, the new PNGRB chairman, Mr. Anil Jain, uh, you know, he's been talking about how, you know, imports is an important part and that should be factored in. And uh, his last, uh, uh, he was at a FIKI event where he said that, uh, you know, India must prepare for an imported gas-based regime. Uh, you know, considering that uh, will our consumption levels will go up and that can only be met by imports. So, you know, he, his was, he was explaining that even prices and other things need to be, you know, factored in with respect to imports. You know, I wanted to, Explore what are your thoughts in it? Are we, you know, heading towards an import market? And if we are, uh, you know, the one thing which will again come back is that there can be small geopolitical events, uh, unexplained, like a black zone event, uh, which can, you know, really rile markets. Uh, so, uh, and some experts have said that without long term, uh, you know, contracts, if you just rely on spot cargoes, you will always feel the heat of such geopolitical events. So, you know, in the light of what has happened in the last two years and what the PNGRB chairman is indicating, what are your thoughts about imports and how can we sustain them in the long term? With respect to import dependence, that will remain high as a proportion of the total consumption. Uh, our imports went down a bit uh, because of the kg basin production. Uh, it's slightly above from slightly above forty, uh, slightly above fifty uh, or fifty-two percent to about forty-two percent. But that was because of the kg basin, uh, you know, uh, RAL BP fields. Mm -hmm. So, uh, as in terms of visibility beyond the KG basin, uh, you know, uh, 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 fields that I talked about, RILBP as well as ONGC, uh, there would be limited visibility going forward. So, yes, our dependence on LNG is expected to remain high going forward. And the demand increasing from CGD fertilizer as also the industrial segment, uh, you know, our dependence will remain high. Uh, Another thing that needs to be important, you know, noted is that gas has historically traded, uh, you know, at a discount to crude in terms of the energy equivalent uh, on energy equivalent basis. So, uh, so except for you know CY twenty twenty two, when uh, you know gas traded uh, part of CY twenty one and CY twenty two, when gas traded at a premium to crude oil or uh, crude oil derived fuels in energy equivalent terms. Uh, uh, most of the uh, in in this historic history, mostly it has traded at a discount. So if the prices are right, our uh, you know our uh, dependence on LNG would only increase. Uh, India, as I mentioned, remains a very important uh, you know very price sensitive market. So uh, uh, going forward, uh, coming to your question of you know uh, uh, you know vulnerability to geopolitical, yes, most companies I believe uh, are. Uh, you know, uh, going to have a limited, uh, you know, India historically also has had limited dependence on spot. We have uh, only about 10 to 15% of our requirement was met by, uh, you know, spot gas. And uh, I think that has sort of been reinforced by the, you know, the extreme turmoil in the markets that we saw in CY21 and 22, especially 22. 
and uh, you know when uh, cargoes were available and uh, you know uh, uh, bought by uh, you know some companies also at as high as forty dollars per MMBTU, which made headlines also. So uh, companies don't want to be ex exposed to that kind of uh, you know price shocks, and I believe that um, uh, they will try to uh, uh, you know uh, tie up gas so that a, a large proportion of their total requirement is sort of tied up in long term contracts which have a linkage with crude or you know hh etc one one small supplementary question and this was for uh, gas based power plants now um, if, if you see what's happening in the country uh, the government has faced a lot of uh, you know the, the power demand has been rising at by multiple numbers and it seems that you know we are almost chasing it all the time because the planning or coordination has has maybe had some loopholes or and you know what has played out with September and August with terms of coal and and the government has been pushing up gas based power plants but maybe because of the cost of gas they have not been able to be viable and the PLF is is less than twenty percent. Uh, do you think that we would be able to you know run these gas based plants even at PLFs of coal maybe say sixty percent? Would that be possible? Considering that gas is still cost is still costlier for vis-a-vis -vis, you know power generation cost if we look at it. Uh, so see, I think uh, these plants have been stranded for a very long time now, and despite various efforts by the government, uh, you know uh, they have not really picked up. Uh, even at you know uh, uh, at a price of about six point five dollars per MMBTU, which is the current uh, uh, you know uh, cap for uh, the nomination fields. The uh, cost of power is around, uh, you know, uh, it's about rupees 6.4 per unit, which is still very high. Uh, you know, 100% domestic coal linkage will give you power uh, cost of about 4.3. Uh, wind tariffs are as low as, you know, uh, uh, 2.8, 2.9, and uh, uh, solar uh, as low as 2.3 to 2.6. Uh, I don't think uh, there is a very bright scenario uh, uh, of, you know, uh, of gas-based power generation, uh, you know, in India, uh, considering that we remain highly dependent on uh, our gas prices itself are even at, uh, you know, 6.5, these are uncompetitive. Uh, something which is again closely related the third question which I wanted to put to you is regarding storage and storage of gas and um, uh, you know, the government in the last five, six years has been trying to get more, you know, floating units. So, uh, so last year, uh, earlier this year, the International Gas Union came out with this annual report. And in that, it had said that um, uh, five new floating storage and regasification units and two expansion products are under construction in India. But what uh, IGU said is that they anticipate that this will get delayed further the commissioning of these FSRUs because of tighter supply for such vessels and you know Europeans also you know you know scouting the market for more such deals. Uh, but you know what happens is this this does uh, impact India's storage plans and you know contracting more. So how do you look at this whole scenario? Uh, if you could break it down for our listeners. Yeah, so see, FSRU-based terminals in India would be used for, you know, regasification of LNG. Uh, and uh, as of now, see, we see that uh, uh, there are a number of terminals such as, you know, uh, announcements like, uh, you know, uh, FSRU-based terminals such as Jagad, Jafrabad, 
and later uh, gopalpur by uh, latest is gopalpur by uh, you know uh, pll uh, but if you look at europe uh, as you rightly mentioned you know there is a list of countries uh, that uh, you know are uh, setting up fsrus and a lot of these fsrus have been diverted these include you know germany three units france uh, on september uh, in september only they have uh, you know commissioned one italy netherlands greece so many so uh, india will find it very tough to compete uh, for fsrus also the day rates for fsrus have uh, you know gone uh, uh, you know uh, through the roof and uh, uh the day rates would have to be competitive uh in india another thing is that uh, if you look at the current uh, you know lng terminals also uh they uh, barring some uh, you know barring uh, most of the new terminals are not operating at uh, very healthy capacity utilization the capacity utilizations remain low uh some because of the pipeline constraints uh, you know like uh, kochi uh, terminal uh, and uh, like uh, Uh, the uh, enor terminal uh, so uh, uh, i uh, so one fsrus current day rates of fsrus availability is an issue and secondly the existing land based terminals also are operating at low capacity utilization so i think there is still some uh, uh, you know uh, some distance to cover before you know uh, we could look at a, a you know a very robust uh, fsru uh, sort of uh, based terminal uh, capacity that could come in another thing which now we are looking at is is how how can such gas is a cleaner cleaner medium compared with other other fuels so uh, now what is happening is that government is promoting evs you know just wanted to share a small anecdote with you i was recently meeting with the state transport officials and a lot of state transport corporation officials said that now the problem is happening is that people are looking at their depots for setting up ev charging stations so what this is leading to is that cng and png suppliers are worried because you know you will replace a cng station with a with a ev station so you know while you are promoting evs it seems that evs are cannibalizing you know evs are eating into the share of cng so you know you gain on one side but you you start losing on the other because you also want to promote cng uh, because right now evs will be for first and last mile connectivity but cng powered vehicle can be for the medium uh, grid connectivity and and this is throwing open a lot of interesting uh, uh, you know uh, interesting developments are happening so Uh, now the problem is that even lot of state transport corporations who are going to buy CNG buses have stopped those contracts. Some of them now they are looking at EV buses, uh, you know, so on and so forth. So, so how do you, how you some have been watching this space for more than a decade now, uh, you know, how do you think we should go about it? Because we need CNG buses also to some extent because the public sector has more than three lakh buses. and it will not be possible to you know convert every bus because of the uh, the finances involved so how do you look at this whole scenario uh, should we go in a in a much better way where all the segments because we will also need cng buses how do you look at this and how should you know we move ahead on this uh right so see uh 
you know, this is a, a pain point, uh, I think, for the CGD sector. It will remain one uh, because of the glowing electri electrification of both intercity and intracity buses. Uh, also considering that, you know, a bus consumes as much as about 80 kgs of CNG per day. So it is a very lucrative segment for CGD companies. And some CGD companies, uh, you know, uh, would see about 10% of the sales also getting cannibalized uh, by e-buses. Having said that, there are a large number of impediments yet to electrification, such as, you know, inadequate charging infrastructure, higher cost as of now. But yeah, over the medium term, some of this will uh, get, uh, you know, impacted. But, you know, uh, uh, the plans are very aggressive, are uh, very, uh, uh, you know, for example, DTC has a plan to electrify 80% of its buses by 2025. So it is adding about 150, uh, 1,500 e-buses in FI24 alone. Similarly, uh, you know, MSRTC plans to convert by 2025, 33% of its fleet of 14,000 buses. It placed an order for 5,000 e-buses uh, on July 7th uh, this year itself. Similarly, BEST has also placed an order for 2,100 e-buses. Now, another important development is the Ministry of Housing and Urban Affairs has also released uh, its uh, Prime Minister e-bus seva guideline, which aims to deploy about 10,000 e-buses, uh, you know, under PPP model in 169 cities. This is estimated at a, you know, huge cost of about 57,000 crores. So, uh, you know, out of which 20,000 will be provided by the central government. So the scheme will uh, definitely, you know, this, the, uh, but but see, this is a global phenomena. A lot of, uh, you know, uh, countries globally, because buses have been under government, a big chunk of the buses, the interstate transport, the, uh, you know, intercity transport has been with government. And uh, globally, it is uh, seen that, uh, you know, uh, the bus seg segment has been, you know, among the first to be converted to uh, 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 electrification has been electrified um, is among the first sectors to be conver uh, converted to uh, electricity. And this is because they want to, uh, you know, clean up pollution or whatever it is. Uh, but, uh, uh, and also, you know, uh, uh, pave the way for other consumers also to uh, convert. So I think there will be some time by uh, during which both of these fuels will coexist. But uh, the uh, you know this will be impacted. The growth rates in the this segment uh, definitely CNG segment will be impacted, or you know there could be declines going forward. And uh, uh, eventually, probably uh, yeah, as you know EVs get cheaper, probably the uh, you know the hit will be higher. So, so, uh, so just one uh, small supplementary question. So, would this mean that you know, uh, as uh, the public e buses move, uh, public buses move to electric versions, uh, there will be more uh, natural gas spared for the you know CGD sector and the fertilizer sectors. So, is this the government has uh, in mind where you know more gas can be spared for the city gas distribution and the fertilizers, which are the two main consumers. And because, you know, buses will, uh, in a staggered manner, move to electric version. So would this is this is also something in mind that, you know, to rebalance the, the capacities across industrial and consuming sectors. Uh, so see, uh, this will not be, uh, I don't think, uh, you know, if you look at the fertilizer sector consumption, it is only about 15% on, uh, you know, uh, now. So from as high as 17.8 MMSCMD in FI 2020, 
it is only about 8 mmsc md now in the four months of uh, fi24 so fertilizer uh, uh, allocations have been cut quite uh, uh, because of you know the increasing uh, offtake by cgd I think the CGD, otherwise the CNG segment is growing so fast that it would, you know, make up for uh, all the, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, gas that is uh, spared by these, uh, you know, the e-bus or the uh, bus segment. Uh, as, as it is, this is about 65 to 70 percent of the total CGD and it is growing at a healthy pace because of the, you know, uh, very good economics or the price advantage that it has vis-a-vis, uh, -vis, uh, uh, you know, various other autofuels like, uh, you know, uh, HSD and um, uh, petrol. So I don't think any other sector will get uh, any allocation out of this because the CNG segment itself is growing at a healthy pace. Right. Uh, so that brings us to the last question, and, and it is a tricky question. Uh, the government wants to increase the share of gas and its total energy mix to 15%. And we are somewhere around 6.5, 6.7%. Um, and I think Cresel had last year come out with a very expensive report on that this endeavor looks really difficult because of infrastructure, various reasons. So since the last year, where are we now today? And, you know, what do we need to get to this, you know, magical 15% number? Yeah, I believe uh, it's it is going to be very tough. Uh, 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 I don't think there are so you know, there are a lot of impediments, and I uh, it looks like fifteen percent by twenty thirteen in years energy mix uh, by gas looks like uh, you know uh, not a very achievable uh, you know uh, target as of now. So some of the uh, steps that uh, uh, you know can be taken include you know expansion of the trunk pipeline network. Uh, you know we uh, are uh, not very well connected to the northeast and even the southern part of the country. Uh, as I mentioned, Kochi and uh, the uh, uh, you know in our terminal are not uh, are suffering from lack of healthy capacity utilization simply because of the pipeline connectivity issue. Uh, expansion of CGD network, uh, again, uh, this is still a work in progress. Uh, a lot more is yet to be done. Uh, another reason is another uh, step that can was recommended by PNGRB was to uh, provide the reg necessary regulatory push to this by the states, uh, such as lower road tax on CNG, LNG vehicles, single window clearance for approvals, etc. Uh, please, I mean, you know, uh, it needs to be noted that, you know, pace of approval has always been a point of contention. Uh, from, uh, as you know, sometimes uh, activism by the population, etc., which has really delayed, uh, you know, pipeline laying or progress of, C uh, you know, uh, CGD net, uh, networks. Uh, also, there is, uh, you know, absence of uniform taxation in various states, uh, among various states. So uh, different states have different VATs. Uh, for example, Andhra Pradesh has that has highest 24.5%, uh, whereas many states have 5% and so on. Uh, another uh, point could be, you know, uh, inclusion of gas and GST, uh, because uh, without that, uh, you know, there is incidence of uh, tax, uh, you know, stranded taxes. Uh, uh, also, uh, uh, you know, for uptake of LNG by uh, utilize, for utilization of uh, by the commercial vehicles, uh, especially the heavy commercial vehicles, you know, an important point is what happens when LNG prices skyrocket, like they did in CY22. With the full, will this fleet, which is converted to LNG, suddenly face, uh, you know, these kind of price shocks? Then they'll be out of the market. 
cannot uh, they cannot be not applying for you know one year or one and a half year like we saw. Uh, so like a CNG policy or something like that, an LNG policy. Uh, other points are you know simplification of the operational issues of unified tariff regime, uh, improving third party access of a gas pipeline, uh, incorporation of transmission system operator, etc. So these are some of the impediments I feel. We are still at a stage where uh, CNG, uh, the CGD networks have not really penetrated to you know a large part of the population. We are, that's still a working process, progress. So uh, all those need to be uh, you know uh, you know overcome or uh, all those steps have to be taken. Uh, all that progress has to be made on the ground to really move that number up. Uh, uh, of of uh, you know gas consumption in the country uh, that that brings us to the uh, the end of this session thank you prashant thank you so much for you know breaking down uh, the gas market for us and uh, we hope to uh, uh, meet you soon on some other interesting subject in the chemicals and the uh, oil and gas sector thank you so much for your time and your uh, you know patience thank you thank you for having me thanks